Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChampaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power. Loyalty and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Oh, yes! Welcome to Manchester United, Anthony Martial! Wonderful run from Giggs! Sensational goal from Ryan Giggs! Bruce! Yes! Rooney! to Sheringham, and Solskjaer has won it! Manchester United have reached the promised land. Rashford has got the dream goal! Hello and welcome to this special episode of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, Series 1, Episode 23, an Academy Season Review with guest Johnny Bohane, a writer for Republic of Mancunia, and on Twitter at United underscore U21. We've been giving you updates since we began in January on our youth sides, but they've always been brief. Johnny, thanks for coming on. It's been contrasting seasons for the under-21s and under-18s, hasn't it? Yeah, completely, completely different. One side's won the title, the other's in the relegation pool for the playoffs, so completely polar opposite. Well, let, let's talk about the good things first. Um, Under-21s, Premier League champions in the in the new format of, of the Under-21 Premier League for the third time, second consecutive season, and it ended in classic United style. Guillermo Varela, I remember watching this. I think it must have been a month or a month and a half ago. Guillermo Varela in the 94th minute at White Hart Lane scoring to, to win us the title. That was incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it was quite dramatic. But in truth, we had two games in Andover, Sunderland. But it was nice to do it like that. I remember <laughs> the squad celebrating like they did. I've never seen Roshan Williams run that quick. <laughs> on the pitch. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm sure lots of people have seen that. Roshan Williams running over to, to the United fans. And then suddenly realising that the rest of his teammates are with Warren Joyce on the touchline. <laughs> Cameron Borthwick-Jackson was named player of the season. Did did you agree with that? Because he played a lot for the under-21s and of well, course he's played... This is the thing. He, he he did well for the first team. I think it was a public vote, wasn't it? And Warren Joyce picked yeah. the three short players. It, it, it was James Weir for me every day because of 
what he's done as captain this season. Tom Thorpe's gone out, he's come in. He's scored so many important goals for the team, just digging them out. Equalisers, winners, anything. And uh, he's played everywhere on the pitch. But Borford Jackson's done all right for the under-21s. But I think it was because it was a public vote, wasn't it? It was uh, He was a more popular name, more glamorous. That's a similar thing with Marcus Rashford winning the under-18s. We'll move on to that in a second. Because the two players nominated with James Weir both said that they would they would have voted for James Weir which I think tells yeah. you what you need to know he was a captain of the under 21s as you say replacing Tom Thorpe and he was consistently in there there's quite a few talented midfielders in that in the the under 21 setup you've got Joe Rothwell Josh Harrop but Weir's the one that stands out do you think he'll get a chance next season well this is the thing it's hard to say he he's a, he reminds you a bit of Darren Fletcher the way he He's so box to box, industrious, but he's not got the the raw talent that some players might get picked over him in midfield. He's not really got that to his game, but he does make up for it in his work rate and and just how much of a team player he is, how much of an asset is to the side. So he's he's your player of the season. Um, any matches that particularly stick out in terms of the the league? Oh well, there's so many around December. When we were winning games, we beat Norwich 7-0. Earlier we beat Leicester 6-1. And I was thinking that Aston Villa, the first team, played their reserves and the first team lost 3-0. And the way the United (laughs) first team was going, I was, I generally would have thought that they would have lost to the under 21 side that the way they were playing with Pereira in behind. Will Keane was just scoring every, he was getting a hat-trick a game. The under 21 side were definitely scoring a lot more goals in the first team, put it that way. Yeah. Yeah, especially around Christmas time, they, they were just unstoppable. And then the goals dried up, and then the real, the real factor that why they won the league was just how gritty they got, how they dug out, drew games, won games, just with Pereira missing, Yanazai was injured as well. Um, Will Keane got injured, so we didn't have any strikers really. We had James Weir filled in. I think Ashley Young was up front for a bit uh, against Middlesbrough at home. He, <laughs> Warren, Warren Joyce, he just ran out of options, really, but he's done so well to win the league again with the amount of absentees he's had from the in the latter stages of the season. Yeah, because it's not just through injuries. Warren Joyce has suddenly been called upon to just hand his players over to, to Louis van Gaal in the first team, uh, of yeah. course, with the under-18s as well, but mainly him with uh, with Fossey Mensah, Borthwick Jackson, Varela... Um, and yeah. he, even Regan Poole was getting a, a one minute cameo at one point, uh, just <laughs> yeah. traveling with the squad. But you see these players on the bench. I think Twan Zebe was on the bench at one point too. And yeah. they're not actually playing for the first team, but they're, they're getting this chance on the bench and it's great for them. We love to see it. But Warren Joyce is sitting there thinking, yeah. I've basically got 10 players left now. I can, yeah. I can hardly field a team, let alone uh, the 18 man squad. Warren Joyce, there's talk of him leaving this season it would be sad to see him go he's done such a fantastic job uh three league titles in the last four years i think um blackburn rovers are linked apparently they're in talks to make joyce their manager is there anyone within the club you'd like to see replace him including ryan giggs there's been talk of him leaving the club too with jose marino arriving there's been talk about zidane how he was the he was the uh, youth team manager for them for real madrid castilla but the problem with that is he 
went up from youth team to assistant manager, then became the manager with gigs, it would be a step back from assistant manager. It would be a step down to the youth team manager. So I'm not sure if that's a role he'd really want to take personally. So, no, I don't think Giggs should be the uh, under-21 manager, but I think it is vital we keep hold of Warren Joyce for at least one more season because of the reshuffle at the academy that what's what's happening with Nicky Butt taking over. There's such a big reshuffle going on that we need someone like Warren Joyce who's been there for, I don't know how long now, years and years. So uh, we need someone like Joyce and... For gigs, I'm not sure if it would really be beneficial to him. Just on the subject of, of Nicky Butt, sorry, Harry, um, were, were you happy with his appointment into that role? And, and do you think that he really will be able to take the United Academy forwards from, from where it currently is? Well, I, I was happy because he's done well. He's He was um, the under-19 manager. He had that role over McGuinness when they were in the Youth League uh, for two seasons when we were in the Champions League. So, he did well for them. And he's he's always at the games, even if he's not involved in the coaching stuff. He's always there, just out of presence with the fans and all that. He, he's always been looking out for the kids. And I think it's vital. He needs someone who's been been there, done it. He's been through the side. He's won everything with the club. He, and he's the kind of player, his on-pitch ability and his endeavour and everything just kind of reflects in his coaching style as well so I think it's a really good appointment to make it was the right time to do it as well with McGuinness he's done well for us but the writing was on the wall when we lost it was 5-1 in the youth cup against Chelsea it was uh, it was just McGuinness kind of knew I think then that his time was coming up let's move on to the under 18s Paul McGuinness sacked earlier this year as you say out of the FA Cup by Chelsea in the fourth round a 5-1 loss but Chelsea do have an incredible academy they've invested so much in it but so it's partly expected. They're UEFA Youth League champions as well and FA Youth Cup champion for multiple times. They've won that. So it's partly expected that we were lost. It was just building on 12 consecutive losses in the league. Do, do you think sacking Paul McGuinness was the right decision? Even if, uh, I mean, he, I think he was at the club for more than 25 years in, in various roles. The son of a former manager, Wilf McGuinness. It wasn't handled with great class, but do you think it's the right decision from a, a non-emotional point of view? As he's been at the club for so long, and it wouldn't have just been the 12 losses in a row. It is the overall picture of the academy, how some people say it's a bit of a myth, but in truth, we are behind other big clubs in terms of scouting uh, facilities and all sorts of things like that that just need bumping up, really, which is seems like it's happening. Woodward's actually taken a, an eye off the sponsors and put it on the academy recently, and it seems to be paying off with, uh, we've got a few new uh, recruitments already under Nicky, but um, we've got, I think we've got Tahith Chong was nearly confirmed, Leo Connor, uh, Nissan Burkhardt and Kasper Chorzaka, I think the Polish keeper has signed. So we've got, we've got talent coming in, but as far as McGuinness is concerned, I just think his time, his time came to an end abruptly because of how poor the form was, but it kind of showed that it was a good move when the results improved after he left and you could see the players were kind of growing because the players aren't bad. The players are all talented players. We've got some brilliant players in the under-18s and most of them have been in the under-21s. So half the under-18s are 
15, 16 this season. But with with McGuinness, I think his time came to an end. Well, Tommy Martin's been managing the team. He was an under-18s coach before. He's currently managing. And yeah, as you say, the results massively improved after that. And United ended up finishing fourth in Tier 3 of the of the Premier League playoffs. So Division 1 of the Premier League, um, under-18 Premier League, is split into North and South originally. And then it goes into three playoff tiers for people that don't know. And United win in Tier 3 because of where we finished in the Northern Division originally. And then we finished fourth in Tier 3. Quite complicated. You mentioned the, the good players. It is, many people say it's the last good set of, of United youngsters coming through that academy. Um, mm. Do you think that's true? No, not at all. Not at all. The three players that stand out for me are Angel Gomez, who uh, obviously a lot of people have heard of him because he's, he's, I think he's 15 still. He's not even 16 yet and he's playing yeah. at under 18 level. He's playing for England, yeah. the 17. He's, I think he's the cousin of Nanny <laughs> and uh, he, he plays in the number 10 role. He's uh, tiny, completely tiny and he never really gets pushed off the ball. He, he's so skillful. He's probably generated more excitement around the club than anyone else since Bossu Mensa came in. So yeah, I remember, I remember watching him at the Mercedes-Benz Junior Cup. I, I think that's, yeah. um, is that an under-16 tournament? I think so, yeah. Yeah, and the, the comment, despite it being an under-16 tournament, the, the there were so few players who were of Angel Gomez's age that every time he touched the ball, the German commentators would go absolutely crazy. And he's <laughs> he's younger than me, and I'd consider myself quite young. He's three days younger than me, and there's he looked brilliant. Um, DJ Buffon, another good talent, and Indy Boone, yeah. and the the two that have stood out for me when I've managed to see the under 18s which isn't yeah. that many times. Yeah, well, Indy Boone was uh, the top scorer this season for the under 18s so he, he's done well. Uh, Marcus Rashford was <laughs> one of the top scorers as well, which is. <laughs> Incredible, yeah. given he missed basically the entire <laughs> the second half of the season. Uh, another one, Callum Gribbin was there was huge excitement at the start of the season when, well, not huge, but the people that had heard of Callum Gribbin were extremely excited by yeah. by his potential. But this season, it's sort of a lot of people are saying there's a few attitude issues. Yeah, I'm not sure what goes on behind the scenes, but he he has seemed to dip. A bit, he got injured, didn't he? And he didn't play that often towards the end. But he—he he, still—he still excites me. He's a brilliant free kick taker. So that's that's something that he's got to his game, which not many people in the academy has. And he—he's—he just needs to—I don't know—he needs to stay fit and then just come back next season. He, he's quite—I think he's quite religious on Twitter and Instagram. He talks about God a lot and looking forward and things so I think he's got the right mindset going forward so hopefully he can uh, repeat his uh, form from I think it was the season before and early on this season hopefully he can come back and repeat that you mentioned the transfers coming in at under 18 level Nicky Butt had said that we're lacking in a lot of areas in terms of squads he you mentioned Tahith Chong Nishan Burkhart from he's a striker at FC Zurich. I'm not sure if that's going through or not. Uh, a few others. The O'Connor you mentioned as well. What do you think of bringing in foreign talent? It's something that we've seen quite a lot in recent years. Yanazai, Pereira, the Silver Twins. Yeah. Um, bringing in people from Ireland has always been a, a United thing. 
but in terms of bringing it from South America, from Belgium, from Europe, it's something we usually associate with Cities Academy, and a lot of people don't like. Is it? Do you think it needs to be balanced, or or is it a, a bad or good thing, or just? I think it can be a good thing overall, but there, there's always going to be a balance. There's always going to be lads from Salford mixing with lads from Brazil. It's always, it's always happens at any club now, nowadays. But, um, one of the other foreigners who I'm excited by we've signed is, uh, Matthew Olasundi. He's, uh, uh, a defender we brought in, he's from uh, America. He's brilliant. He's, uh, he looks a bit like Antonio Valencia. He's quite tall. He, he's strong on the ball, but sometimes these foreign lads, they, they have more of a natural ability than some of the English players. I, I'm not, I don't want to be harsh on players here, but some, someone like Charlie Scott, he, he's brilliant on the ball. He never backs out of a tackle, but you could argue that a foreign defender has, who's been brought up in, in another country, like a South American country, has a different style to his game, which can benefit the whole team just as much as uh, anyone from England. So I, I'm not against it, really, personally. In, in terms of the entire academy, you mentioned Ed Woodward is doing quite well now. But we didn't have a replacement for Brian McClare for more than a year, which would, seems ridiculous. Yeah. And people are slating Woodward for it, but it seems he's now changed. Are you happy with the the direction it is going in at the moment? Reasonably. One, one thing that I've got a problem with is the mini stadium we've turned down plans to build a smaller ground, you know, like City has uh, the academy ground. So mm. I'd like to see a home for the reserves to get more attendance, higher attendances. There's plenty of space around the back of Old Trafford in the car parks, Trafford Park. It's, we're not like a London side who has to get planning permission and all that. I, I think it wouldn't be that hard to do. You know, it would attract a bigger crowd. So that's one problem that I would like to see fixed. Well, yeah, but... I've been to City's Academy Stadium. It's stunning. Yeah. They use it for yeah. their ladies' team as well. But it is, it's like a, a, a League One or a League Two stadium. And it's, while I was there, there was groundsmen on it permanently. For um, We were there for about two hours, constantly on it. Make it and the pitch is perfect. And as you yeah. say, United have space. And of course, we have money. You'd think that we could have a stadium now, because we must. Have, I think we have about six or seven different stadiums we play at. Um, the Lay yeah. Sports Ground, Moss Lane, Ultranum, everywhere. Yeah, we used to play at Gig Lane, AJ Bell, or the Salford City Stadium. And on the M60 in rush hour, you go into a game <laughs> at seven. It's not. It's not nice. <laughs> And the the games at Old Trafford are always better as well. I remember last season when we played City. Oh, there was about 11,000, I think. It was the same attendance as QPR in the Premier League. So Going forward, obviously, there's been so much talk about Mourinho and and whether he actually does have a, a bad record with youth players or whether he doesn't. I mean, what what is your opinion on him and how do you think it will affect the academy? Do you think we'll see less prospects coming through to the first team or do you think it, it will actually have that much effect? Well, I think... There's so much stigma surrounding Mourinho. There's three things around him. There's the whole defensive football thing, the the antics, off-pitch antics, and the youth philosophy, if I say that word. And um, that those are the three things which are surrounding him. So the, the youth, I've just, I think that Rashford is the main problem. Everyone's saying that Rashford won't play next season. He, he definitely will. He, he will get game time. He, I think he's proved himself enough. He, he, 
he's not a young talent anymore. He's a first yeah. team player now. He's an asset to any squad in the country. So, but in terms of debuts, I, I personally, what's interested me the most, will interest me the most is Andreas Pereira, how he handles him. Cause you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't say he fits his, uh, type of play. He's not very strong and his defensive capabilities aren't always there, but he, he's Portuguese speaking. It might get on that way. And Pereira does seem quite happy that Van Hal's finally gone because he's never, he didn't he say he didn't keep his word giving him game time when he refused to Pereira's loan move in January. So it'd be interesting to see how Mourinho handles Pereira and also Fosu Mensa, who seems behind Rashford, seems to be breaking in the squad just as uh, much as him. So hopefully. I'd like to see them in the squad or around the squad than rather sign players and having an overhaul and signing mercenaries like Marcos Rojo sit on the bench and they, they eat up game time. <laughs> Those kind of players. So you'd rather see a hungry young youth player in there instead of that. So hopefully. Uh, just on Andreas Pereira, I mean, I've watched him a few times for the under-21s in it and he he's always really impressed me. He seems to have Great natural ability, and I mean, by all accounts, he's been brilliant his, his whole career so far in the youth ranks. Uh, t- two things: Are you surprised, firstly, that he hasn't had slightly more game time for the first team? And do you think that this is kind of a make or break season for him? Because if if he doesn't get any more game time this season than he has done, can you really see him staying at Old Trafford much longer? Because I think if if not, we risk losing him and and him going and seeking more game time, which is fair enough for kind of the future of his career. Yeah, well, already I have to admire his patience because what I've heard is that people close to him have expected at least 10 starts this season. And I I would expect that as well with the level he's been playing at at under-21 level. So it is a surprise that he's, I think he's only started two games in the League Cup, that those were his only starts. And then he's made about seven or eight sub appearances, just 10 minutes at the end, barely that. So uh, he did score, didn't he, against Ipswich, the free kick. But hopefully he can break into the first team next season because, well, the, the other thing as well is Lou Van Hal was angered by the whole corner-taking fast with uh, Adnan Yanazai. I think that game was against uh, Southampton at home or another an under-21 game and they were trying to score from corners, uh, Pereira and Yanazai and Louis van Aal didn't wasn't having it and they fell out over that. But I was just baffled by why he didn't send him out on loan if he wasn't going to give him the game time. The under-21s, it was too low a level for him. He was playing above everyone else around him. He he, he deserved uh, a low move and I, I think there was three or four clubs trying to get to him, high-up clubs as well. So hopefully... If he's not going to go out on loan next season, he deserves probably five or ten starts, especially in Europa League next season, maybe if we get a few minnows again. Well, yeah, the Europa League is going to be a good opportunity to for Mourinho to use those young players because he is such a, a set starting eleven as we've seen in the Premier League, where he same starting eleven every week. He might want to rest people on a Thursday, so it could be a good opportunity for our young players anything else jack that's all we have time for thank you for joining us for this academy season review special with johnny Bahane. um remind us where we can find you on twitter johnny and any other plugs you want to stick out it's at united underscore u21 
and uh, say at United U21WordPress.com and on RON I do weekly things but I'm not doing them at the moment because it's summer so I'll be back when we play some pre-season friendlies in July so very good well give him a follow at United and you can find me on Twitter at Harry Robinson 64 and the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod P-O-D. You can find our first team season review and loan season review in a separate episode that's in the description. Thanks for listening and thanks to our guest Johnny Behane. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.